All true. Th- this guy makes just a comedy of errors on a daily basis. No BS. You have all these people that are whining, and 50 to 90 days ago, most of these people wanted to put you in a fucking cage. Uncensored. You know, the thing. You know. Oh, come on, man. Come on, Coco Puff. Rub these hairy legs. Corn pop. How many times I got to tell you it's corn pop? The Uncommon Podcast with B-Pop and Duff. You can't take away 100,000 jobs and then bring back 90,000 jobs and go, look at me. Become I brought back 90,000 jobs. Because <laughs> if you set extremely high goals, it's going to propel you a lot further than if you would have set a more of a soft-ass goal. Every episode of the Uncommon Podcast is dedicated to the first responders, police, firefighters, EMTs, frontline workers, and a special thank you to active duty military and veterans for all that you do so that we can do what we do. We have the illusion of freedom here. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Uncommon Podcast, Be Poppin' Duff. Duff, what's up, brother? How you doing, man? I'm doing well, sir. How about yourself? Man, I'm good as always. You know, same old shit. Now we got the monkey pox. I had to laugh before we got on this call here, uh, or this uh, episode. I saw a headline, and I read it to you real quick, but I'll read it to you again just because I just shake my head at this shit. So... The World Health Organization calls for <laughs> calls for sex lockdown in stunning monkeypox U-turn. Are you going to have a sex lockdown? No. <laughs> you going to put a face mask on while you have sex? I would hope that I'm intelligent enough to take a look at somebody with a bunch of sores and sh- shit on their body and not want to have physical contact with them. I know. I mean, do you have to be such a sexual deviant to just ignore when somebody has pus oozing sores on them to be like, man, I want to have, I, I still want to have sex with you. That don't make sense, does it? No, not at all, my friend. It's just, again, they're trying to do this up. So before we get in, we're going to be talking about climbing here, but I want to make sure our we always try to at least make sure our listeners are up to date as much as we are as to the best of our ability. And I mean, this whole monkey box thing, man, they're just, they're just gearing up to try to use it to, they're going to test and see if they can lock us down again. They're, this is going to be the test. And the reason why we brought up on an episode, I don't know which one, you know, a couple ago about China being accepted onto the board of the WHO. Who are the WHO? The World Health Organization. Right. Who are we currently trying to revise our, what I forget what it was. It was it a treaty or whatever, revise the treaty with the WHO and give them basically overall arching authority in pandemics in cases of emergency. It was the global pandemic treaty that basically what the global pandemic treaty does is it circumvents a lot of our uh, constitutional rights because the world health organization can come in and say, you have to lock down, you have to social distance, you have to, you have to, you have to. And by signing that treaty that they did, well, actually they didn't sign a new treaty. They amended a previous treaty, which still does effectively does the same thing. And all it does is it circumvents our, our local and national laws and the world health organization has authority to do what they want to do. This is what, this is what your current administration, your current presidential administration thought was best for the United States of America was to relinquish our sovereignty and give it to an unelected board of bureaucrats that they can determine a pandemic anytime they want. Well, the reason why I bring that up is because you have China that's on the board now. They've been accepted. And just the other day, who put out that it's an emergency for monkeypox? The World Health Organization. Did you know they had a nine, uh, nine or 10 member vote? It was a nine mem- excuse me, it was a nine member vote. Three members voted to make monkeypox a global emergency. Not a pandemic, but a global health emergency. Six members voted against it. So what did they do? Even though the majority of the members in the World Health Organization voted against making it a world health emergency, they still instituted a world health emergency. Right. And if that treaty had been revised and in place right now, we can be looking at getting an order that we would have to be masked up and back in our homes and all kinds of shit. Literally right now. Well, now Fauci's making the rounds already talking about, you know, the need to wear face masks and and indoor settings and everything because of this new COVID surge. Fauci's already doing it. I mean, you know, the thing is, is they're hitting us at 
every possible angle with COVID, monkeypox, climate change, which we're going to get into today. We're going to title this Climate Change My Mind. Um, hopefully, we can have a little fun with it. But the the purpose of this episode is to just show the utter hypocrisy of the elites, of the politicians, of everybody out there clamoring for climate change and uh, you know reduction of fossil fuels and all this other crap, because that's all it is, is total hypocrisy. But they're hitting us at all angles. And you got the violence situation in every major city. Chicago was a damn war zone again this past weekend. So we're recording this on uh, July 28th. Chicago was a complete fucking war zone again last weekend. And we're going to get deep into that on the on our next Antifa episode. So for all of our listeners, make sure you key into that. But I want to get going. Let's get into some of these clips. So everybody yeah. out there knows that there's been a little bit of a heat wave going through the United States and worldwide. I mean, I've seen stories worldwide, but you know, for most of the people that listen to us, they're here in the United States. So there's been a heat wave and it's been, you know, up to 104, 105, you know, those ranges here in Colorado, it's gotten in, you know, some a little bit higher numbers in uh, parts of the South and in Texas and all that kind of thing. And then I know that my cousin right now is deployed overseas for some of the Ukraine conflict stuff. And I know over there, he said that they've been around like 120, 126, something like that for some of our military members that are deployed. So it has been hot. But let me ask you this, Brett, how old are you? Uh, I'll be 42 next week. How many times in your 42 years of life have you heard about water shortages and then, oh, this is the hottest summer on record. And then, oh my God, this time period. How many times have you heard that? Uh, You hear it a lot, man. I mean, I think I hear, I, I mean, that comes up at least a few times a year and it's this constant, oh my God, if we don't do something now, we're not going to have, you know, the world we live in in five years. I mean, Al Gore did his uh, Inconvenient Truth documentary back in 2006 and basically said by the year 2015, the uh, Arctic ice caps would be totally melted and Miami and New York City would be underwater. What happened? Not a goddamn thing. That's what happened. Not a fucking thing. Kevin Costner didn't come to save the day with his ears with the fins or the gills behind it. Waterworld. <laughs> Waterworld. Yeah. And then you got hypocrites like Leonardo DiCaprio going to the World Economic Forum and the United Nations and, and lecturing everybody on, you know, climate change and, you know, their carbon footprint. And, you know, this fucking guy tr- sails around the globe in his however many square foot yachts that burn however many thousands of gallons of diesel fuel per minute. He probably has, I would say, at least 10 mansions, 20,000 square foot apiece. I guarantee you those things don't run off solar power and wind power. What's his carbon footprint? What happened to the hole in the ozone layer? Do you remember that story back when we were young? Back in the 80s? He was like, oh my God, there's a hole in the ozone layer and that's why it's so hot. Well, let let me give you a rundown on here real quick. Okay. <laughs> I got this. I, I, I stole this yesterday. 1966, oil would be gone in 10 years. 1967, dire famine forecast by 1975. 1968, overpopulation will spread worldwide. 1969, everyone will disappear in a cloud of blue steam by 1989. 1970, world will use up all of its natural resources by 2000. Again, 1970, urban citizens will require gas masks by 1985. 1970, nitrogen buildup will make all land unusable. 1970, decaying pollution will kill all the fish. 1970, killer bees. You get the point, right? Do you notice that a lot of that stuff has happened or is being talked about now? Yep. Let me finish. 1970, Ice Age by 2000. It gets good here. 1970, America subject to water rationing by 1974 and food rationing by 1980. What are they trying to do right now? Food rationing. It's a big one. 1971, new Ice Age coming by 2020 or 2030. We don't know. We're just going to give a 10-year buffer there. So a new ice age, 1972, new ice age by 2070. So it went from 2020 or 2030. Let's bump it to 2070, just to be sure. 1972, oil depleted in 20 years. That sure fucking hadn't happened. 1974, space satellites show new ice age coming fast. New ice age in the 1970s. 1974, ozone depletion, a great peril to life. 1976, scientific consensus, planet cooling, famines imminent. 1977, Department of Energy says oil will peak in the 90s. 1978, no end in sight for 30-year cooling trend. 1980, acid rain kills life in lakes. 1980, peak oil in 2000. 1988, regional droughts, never happened. Uh, temperatures in D- uh, so 1988, temperatures in DC will hit record highs. 1988, Maldives Islands, the, the Maldives, Maldives Islands will be underwater by 2018. That didn't happen. 
1989, rising sea levels will obliterate nations if nothing is done by 2000. That didn't happen. 1989, New York City's West Side Highway underwater by 2019. Last time I checked, it's not. 1996, peak oil in 2020. 2000, children won't know what snow is. Do you remember that? I vividly remember that. I don't remember that one. Man, I was two years. That's when I was selling, starting to sell lumber. Everybody was freaking out that all of a sudden, no one, you know, kids, my kids, your kids, no one's going to know what snow is because the planet's going to be so fucking hot there won't be snow. Jesus. 2002, famine in 10 years if we don't give up eating fish, meat, or dairy. There's a war on meat and dairy right now. Facts. It's almost like shit just cut, keeps coming around. They keep recycling the same emergency nonsense. Uh, let me see here. 2004, Britain will be Siberia by 2024. Well, that ain't happening. 2005, Manhattan will be underwater by 2015. That's where Al Gore came in the very next year with his Inconvenient Truth scare documentary that, oh, my God, the sky's falling. There's a hole in the ozone. Everyone's going to die of heat. Uh, 2008, Arctic will be ice-free by 2018. Last time I checked, both the North and the South Poles have ice. 2008, climate genius Al Gore predicts ice-free Arctic by 2013. So in 2006, he said 2015. Then in 2008, he bumps it to 2013. Clearly, he's a fucking genius. 2009, climate genius Prince Charles says, we have 96 months to save the world. Well, that was 13 years ago, so I'm pretty sure we staved off that one. 2009, UK Prime Minister says 50 days to save the planet from catastrophe. 2009, climate genius Al Gore moves 2013 prediction of ice-free Arctic to 2014. 2013, Arctic ice-free by 2015. 2014, only 500 days before climate chaos. Do you guys all get the fucking picture here? Do you know how much he's worth? Al Gore? Yeah. Uh, no, enlighten us. I have never just checked. A, just a quick search. I, I'm not verifying this or anything, but I've seen three different sources say $300 million. $300 million. So how, bit, how many I, jets does he have? How many vehicles does he have? How many mansions does not, he have? But that's not where I'm going with this. It, he's worth $300 million off of the same talking points that he's been making for decades. Mm -hmm. Decades. Yeah. And stupid people keep listening to it. Okay, here's real easy thing. I just came back from Lake McConaughey. You went on a Lake McConaughey trip a little bit before that, okay? And it's a bit low. I've been going to Lake McConaughey since I can remember, as far back as I can remember. My family's been going up there for over 70 years. And for those that don't know what who where Lake McConaughey is, it's in Ogallala, Nebraska, mm -hmm. okay? And so we go up there and we stay in the very first bay as you come over the dam. You have to cross the dam to start to, you know, be able to camp and do all that kind of stuff. Come over the dam, there's Martin's Bay right there. And that's where my family's camped for years and years and years. And I can tell you this with 100% certainty. There have been years where that entire bay was dry, okay? There have also been years where the water was up into the trees close to the road. I mean... Like, you, it was a hard time finding camping spots because it was so damn high. You were afraid that you were going to step on sticks and shit. You know what I mean? Because the water was so high. Mm -hmm. I've seen it both ways, and it's gone up and down like that my entire existence. I am 38 years old, okay? make Why do people... I know what the answer is, and I know the corruption side of this, but I'm just talking about the normal everyday citizen out there. What makes people say, oh my God, and buy into this shit? You know what I'm saying? Because yeah, it's really just being non-observant. That's part of it. It's mm -hmm. just not even paying the fuck attention because you got your head in your phone half the time or whatever. Right. You're distracted. You know, but just being observant and saying, this is not any hotter than it's been before. Right. Well, on that note, um, we live in Denver, so hyperbole what was the record temperature or what year was the record temperature set in denver in, on june 20th just out of curiosity a year yeah i'm gonna go most of them are past the when did they start tracking it sorry real quick uh so temperatures started being tracked in 1880 1880 okay well i'm still gonna put it at like 1935 Okay, nineteen. What I say, Ju uh, July twentieth. You said June twentieth, but June twentieth, nineteen sixty eight. So we're in such a dire climate emergency, and it's the year twenty twenty two that we haven't broken a, a temperature record on June twentieth since nineteen sixty eight. If that's the case, why aren't we breaking fucking temperature records every day? I'm gonna go down even further. August twenty fourth. The last time the temperature was was recorded as a record, 1967. July 16th, 1966. August 12th, 1965. You guys get the point here, right? Now, before we get into this first clip, how old is the Earth? I don't remember. Okay. According to the Google machine, 
the earth is 4.5 billion years old. 4.543 billion years old to be exact, okay? We've been tracking temperatures in the globe since 1880. So what is that? 142 years? So what percentage, I can't even do this math on my phone calculator because it doesn't go this high. The percentage of time that we've been tracking temperatures versus the percentage of time we haven't been tracking temperatures is ridiculous. There's no comparison. So to think, to think for, for these, these elite stupid fucks to sit here and say, we know what's going to happen, even though we only have documentation for X period of time in the whole lifespan of the earth is fucking ridiculous. They went from global cooling in the seventies to global warming in the eighties and nineties. When global warming, when global cooling didn't happen, they, they switched it to global warming. That was when the ozone, there was a big fucking hole in the ozone layer and it didn't know what to do. Right. Then they said, okay, well, we can't keep going off of global warming because we're not necessarily warming, but the climate's changing. So we're going to call it climate change, which is a fucking unwinnable argument because guess why? The climate always changes. The earth's climate is ever evolving, has changed since the creation of the earth 4.543 billion years ago. So what makes any of us think that the climate isn't always changing, isn't ever evolving, right? Now, let's go to that clip. Weather Channel now. I was the founder of the Weather Channel, not the co-founder. And I'm glad you did, because I am addicted to the Weather Channel. I watch a lot I'm of cable news. I'm now. Hold on just well, a minute. I'm not done. And CNN has taken a very strong position on global warming that is that it is a consensus. Well, there is no consensus in science. Science isn't a vote. Science is about facts. And if you get down to the hard, cold facts, uh, there's no question about it. Climate change is not happening. There is no significant man-made global warming now. There hasn't been any in the past, and there's no reason to expect any in the future. There's a whole lot of baloney, and yes, it is. it has become a big political point of the Democratic Party and part of their platform, and I regret it's become political instead of scientific, but the science is on my side. I don't think we're going to come to a conclusion about the topic right here. What I do wonder well, I know though, we're is when not, you because see you the... wouldn't allow it to happen on CNN, but I'm happy well, that we, I got on the air and got a chance to talk to your, uh, to your viewers. Hello, everybody. What there I is do, no global warming. What I do wonder is when you see the government, when you see NASA, when you see other institutions say that 97% of climate scientists agree do you think they're making it up? I, I, what I don't understand is how you well, square that. Well, that's a manipulated that. figure, and let me explain it to you. Uh, the the uh, government puts out about $2.5 billion directly for climate research every year. It only gives that money to scientists who will produce scientific results that support the global warming hypothesis of the Democrat Party of position. So they don't have any choice. If you're going to get the money, you've got to support their position. Therefore, 97% of the scientific reports published support global warming. Why? Because those are the ones the government pays for, and that's where the money is. It's real simple. But that doesn't mean it's right. That doesn't make it true. That only makes it bought and paid for. The money goes in circles. I'm not a scientist. I'm not going to try to refute you Boy, on that's the facts. The truth. I'll simply so say that the Please stand back from this, from this issue and let the two sides be on the air. Well, there you go, man. That's the original, uh, I don't know if you want to call him creator, but the, uh, the founder of the Weather Channel right? I think if you found the weather channel, like if you invented the weather channel, you probably know a little something about weather, right? You made a couple points in there. I made a couple things. No significant man-made global warming. So I just want to just be clear about my stance because we're going to go rant and do all this other shit, right? And, and I just want to be real clear. To say that we have zero effect, I think is kind of, I it's, think that's it's kind silly. of lun lunacy, right? Well, it's a butterfly I think, effect. I think that I think that everything has an issue, but I also think that volcanoes burping gas all the time. I think that has an issue. I think there's a lot of natural things that happen through with the earth and the and the and the chemicals it releases, the gases it releases, those kind of things. There's a lot of other factors that we have zero control about. Okay. Mm -hmm. So we're talking in a real sense here, we're talking about flipping every single person around the world, flipping their entire lives on, on their head. Right. Right. Because of, because of the narrative that this is causing now, should we be judicious and maybe continuing to look for other ways to power things? You know what I mean? Continue the search. Absolutely. Like I'm all, I'm all behind that, but here's the thing. 
there is a transition period that everybody needs to acknowledge, at least, if we are going to start to transition to anything. Mm-hmm. Doing operation warp speed into the EV world, right, and how they're doing that right now, again, it plays into the Great Reset thing that we always talk about and everything else. But I just wrote one other note. It's kind of like gain-of-function research that they didn't want to admit they were doing. In what way? How he brought up the point of, you know, getting the funding and then oh, as yeah. long as you have to be in line with what they're looking for and da 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 and the narrative and everything else. Wasn't that eerily similar to the same way they were handling the questions as they came out when Fauci or anybody else was asked about us doing gain of function research at the very beginning of the pandemic? Um yeah, I, I would actually make a, a much broader statement than that, though. I would say that what's happening when they say, well, 97% of scientists agree that there's climate change or global warming, and he pushes back and says, well, those numbers are skewed. Here's why. The 3% of the scientists that are coming out saying, no, that's bullshit, or or more than 3%, a vast majority of the scientists that are coming out saying, no, you guys are looking at the data wrong, that's bullshit, those scientists are being silenced. Just like the doctors that were talking about alternative COVID treatments were forcefully being silenced so that they could say, well, the majority of doctors out here agree with the CDC protocols with COVID. It's the same fucking narrative. It is the exact same narrative. So I'm going to go a little bit broader statement than you on the gain of function. I think you make a valid point, but I'm going to go even broader and say that they're doing the same thing to the scientists that don't follow the narrative by silencing them, deplatforming them, all the other shit they're doing to say, well, you know, you got, if, if you're a climate denier, you know, you're the outlier, you know, all these scientists and all these highly educated people, they know better than you. And, and you're, you're just an idiot. Now, you gave your stance on it. I'll give mine. I think the climate is ever-evolving. Always has been, always will be, okay? Do I think we, as humans, have an impact on it, the way we live and the cars we drive and all that? We have a little bit of an impact, okay? But the fact of the matter is Mother Nature is a force that simply can obliterate us anytime she wants, right? With volcanoes, with hurricanes, with floods, with all this other shit. And to think that the earth has never gone through cycles in its in its existence with, we haven't experienced in our lifetime, a major, a major volcano eruption, like Yellowstone, for example, a super volcano. That hasn't happened to us, right? There's not one thing that we, that we are doing or could do that, I'm, let me say this. There's not one thing that we are doing that could cause Yellowstone to erupt, and there's not one thing that we could do to prevent Yellowstone from erupting. That's going to happen when it happens, okay? That's Mother Nature for you. Hurricanes are going to fucking happen. Wildfires have been happening for eons, okay? It's not that, well, it's, it's slightly warmer. Well, we go through cycles of warm and cold years, you know, cold winters, warm summers, Right. I think that if the government came in and said, hey, you know, we need to look at alternative sources of fuel, alternative sources of energy, and we're going to look at wind, solar, all this other shit. All the while, we're going to become energy independent as uh, as the United States. We're going to drill for oil so that we can become energy independent. Because if we're energy independent and we're solid on that footing, we can then help other nations for them to become energy independent and all this other shit. Right. I think if there was this collaboration of all energy sources um, and all renewable sources to come to the fray, that'd be great. But instead, let's demonize fossil fuel and say, well, that's a renewable energy source that we can constantly get after, but we're going to demonize it because of CO2 emissions and we're going to go strictly to electricity. But yet there's nothing in between. You know, there's no gradual introduction, if you will, like you talked about. It's just, it's one or the other. And that's total fucking nonsense. It's cyclical. That's the one word I want people to think about when they're listening to this episode. Things are cyclical. So that's the one thing I want everybody to take from this is like everything is cyclical, right? Like these are all cyclical, what's happening here. And that's really all it is. Right. Okay. Because there was a time when I was in college, it was over a hundred nasty degrees out in Kansas with humidity I wasn't used to. And it was just nasty. The other point I want everybody to get from this is that it's just about control again. At the end of the day, everything that we've been doing, everything that they've been doing is centered around control. Right. And this is control as well. Mm -hmm. They want to control because, again, just go back to how they can control it, guys. They make you buy an electric vehicle. Now they have automatic kill switches that it's mandatory by the that one of the executive orders he signed right away when he got in 2025, right when he got into office. By the year 2025. Okay. Everything has to have a kill switch in it. So now they can shut your car down, Mm -hmm. right? 
Or they, or they just tell you, hey, you can't charge it today. That's what I was just going to say. Or you have rolling blackouts, convenient rolling blackouts in different areas, you know, that you don't. Tell me this. And this is the part of politics that I fucking hate. Okay. Everybody elects their side to these different boards and all this other shit, right? They place people and do, you know, that it's like a big chess game and they're fucking moving people around. So when the Democrats are in charge and they can do and they can shut things down, what is to keep them from targeting Republican specific cities and such and such like that, right? Exactly. Just the same as vice versa is if the Republicans did the exact same thing, got their people in place and did all this shit. And then it was like, okay, well, we've, we hate Newsom, so we're just going to mess with the California people. Mm-hmm. Oh, we don't like New York anymore. I mean, they're just a bunch of, they're just a bunch of whiny assholes. Right. Like where I'm not advocating for either side. Like I want to be real clear about this. This is, this is a shit. This is a shit sandwich across the entire political spectrum because 90% of the Democrats, if not a hundred. Okay. And a majority of the rhinos and everything else that are, that are sitting up on Capitol Hill, they are all benefiting from these, these funds, dude, Right. that they just get doled out. And my last point, and then we can go into whatever next clip you want to go into. This is another way for them to get to your great reset by bankrupting the dollar. And right now, just as a point, a side note, you got China, you got Russia, you got North Korea, all Iran, all starting to get into cahoots to try to become the new world currency. For all of you out there, that means we are not the power anymore. Right. Do you understand what point in the historical movie you are in? Well, here's the thing. This whole climate crisis, they want to call it. Hey, we got to go. Every Everything's got to be EV. Everything's got to be electric. Everything's got to go off the electrical grid. My first question to the people that want to advocate for all power to go directly off electric is this. How do you think electricity is made to begin with? Aside from your wind turbines that might bring in maybe 2% of all electricity, if that, aside from your solar panels that might bring in 1% to 2% of all electricity. You know where all electricity comes from currently? Coal. I was just about, sorry, I had a frog in my throat. I was going to say coal. I did know that. Yeah. So we're replacing oil and natural gas with coal so people can feel good about driving their fucking Tesla. Seriously? That's what we're doing? For those of you that maybe don't follow me on Facebook, make sure you just go search for me, even if you don't want to follow me and go look at the post I put out today. Are you talking about the Tesla that's trying to pull a camper that's charging his battery with uh, two gas-powered generators? Yep. Yeah, I wonder how much carbon emissions coming off of those generators. Here's the thing, man. I don't want to poke at people. If you feel like if, if you, you know, there's people like Joe Rogan talks very highly about Teslas and stuff. So I'm not trashing the entire industry, okay? Not at all. If that's your flavor, man, do your thing. Like, it, like for me, I'm a truck guy. Like, I know I'm a truck guy. I don't like sitting low to the ground. You know what I mean? There's certain things about driving a truck that I like. I enjoy. Like, that's what I identify with. That's what I identify with, Brett. I'm a gas-powered truck driver. <laughs> How are you going to discriminate against me? Anyway. There you go. But that's who I am. And if you want to drive an electric car, go drive an electric car. If it makes you feel good inside because you don't do shit for other people outside of that, then do whatever makes you feel good, bro. Like, keep going. Do your thing, right? That's right. But at the same time, don't. there's no holier than thou. In this, on either side. No. Right? All there is is fat cats getting rich while they bankrupt our dollar and they push us further into an agenda that they already know that they want to do. That's right. So there you go. There you go. Wait, why don't we go to the next clip real quick? It might be a good idea for President Biden to call a climate emergency. <laughs> hmm. Why? Because there he can it relates to what you're saying. Then he can do many, many things under the emergency powers of the president that wouldn't have to go through that he could do without legislation. Now, Trump used this emergency for a stupid wall, which wasn't an emergency. But if there ever was an emergency, climate is one. So I would suggest uh, that they explore looking at climate as an emergency, which would give them more flexibility. After all, it's a crisis. It's a crisis. So you're talking about passing major climate legislation through the reconciliation yes. process. It, uh, pressuring the president or asking the president to yeah, just asking, let them, let them look at it. You know, I have a lot of faith in that he'll make, they'll make a good and right decision. So there we have Chuck Schumer, Senate Majority Leader, going in advocating for the president to issue a climate emergency so that he has powers that doesn't have to go through the legislative process. That's exactly what he said. In other words, 
If he issues a climate emergency, which he's going to do any day now, as expected last week, it's probably going to happen any day now. Basically, what he can do is he can circumvent Congress and enact any executive order he wants, which effectively becomes what? A dictator. It's been, dude, he's been a dictator the whole time, bro. He's been a dictator the whole time. He has signed more executive orders than any other president in history. He's signed more executive orders than any two presidents combined in history. Find me one. Yeah. Find me a combo, dude, that has signed as many executive orders as him. None. There are none. Well, and the sad thing is, you know, going back again, uh, October of 19, interview with George Stephanopoulos at the town hall, says that you don't govern by executive order in this country. We're a democracy. You govern through the legislative process. But yet this guy circumvents it every chance he can fucking get. Okay. And you've got people and in the Senate, in the House, people in Congress as a whole advocating for him to circumvent their process to just do whatever they want for this quote-unquote climate emergency that, as we've displayed, has been going on at least since 1966. At least. Now, it's clearly not a climate emergency when the narrative continues to change and the goalpost continues to get kicked down the road. If you keep eating nuts and then talking to that fucking mic, I swear to Christ, I'm going to choke you with that cord. I am <laughs> not kidding. But I agree with you 100%. Because here's we've said it before. If things are legitimate... And they, you know, and it's for an actual good cause and not because there's money behind it, right? There's not backdoor handshakes and shit behind it. Like people want things. They want to be good people. That's why people are voting for this shit is because they are good hearted people. And what they don't understand is these people are fucking evil. They are evil and they are power and money driven, dude. And you, until you get that point, you can't understand all of this climate hoax shit. Right. You can't even start to grasp it. You can't even start to grasp the Great Reset stuff, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. If you cannot understand that these people are manipulative and they are evil. Yep. Well, two things. First and foremost, any fucking nuts I want to eat on here, just so you know. Number two, it's a consolidation of power. That's all this is. If we can consolidate all sources of energy away. So wh- think about the sources of energy we have. We have natural gas right? We have electricity. We've got oil and gas, power of the cars. We're kind of decentralized from a from an energy standpoint at the moment, okay? But if we can centralize, so get away from the decentralization and centralize all forms of energy into electricity, they control you, just like we talked, just like you talked about with the rolling blackouts. And, and the, oh, you know, uh, Brett or Dustin, you know, you put something on social media, you put out that podcast, so we're just going to turn your house off for the day. Let you think about what you did. Same idea, right? That's all that shit is. It's a centralization of power, figuratively, and uh, I don't even know what the word I'm looking for right now, but you guys get the point, okay? Just one point I want to make, and just because you brought up the rolling blackouts and I want to move past it. Just because you buy an electric car, what are you going to do when they decide that your air conditioner is running too much, what are you going to do when they decide that the tolerable level degree wise in your house is 80 degrees and you can't cool it down more than that because they control your shit. You know, you bring up a good point and I want you to scroll down on this document. We're going to go to, uh, let me see here. The clip I want you to go down to is, the very last one, Mayor Pete, clueless on the needs of electrical grid. Because you bring up air conditioning, that's going to tie perfectly. Work by 2030, but the reality is the capability is not going to be there. The average uh, household uses 17% of their electricity for air conditioning. And um, that would mean the average household uses 1,870 kilowatt hours per year for air conditioning. If that average household plugged in electric cars, do you know how much more electricity they would use in comparison to the air conditioning that air conditions their whole house? No, but again, I would emphasize it will well, let be me help less you. Let me help you overall. with that first before we go on because the numbers are important. It would take four times as much electricity to charge the average household's cars as the average household uses on air conditioning. Do you think that could be, so if we reach the goal by 2030 that Biden has of a 50% adoption instead of 100% adoption, that means the average household would use twice as much electricity 
charging one of their cars as they would use for all of the air conditioning that they use for the entire year. Do you think this could contribute to rolling uh, blackouts and brownouts in areas of the country where air conditioning is basically considered essential? Not if we prepare. Look, the fact that people who have electric vehicles are going to use more electricity can't be a reason to give up. The idea that America is inferior to the other countries that have figured this out just doesn't sit well with us in administration, I'm, and that's not why saying, we're investing I, in a better I, grid. In the time that I have left, let me say, uh, I'm not saying we shouldn't prepare. I told you at the beginning of this, I'm bullish on, on this technology, but the, the numbers and the rate of adoption has been developed using political science, not engineering. They're impractical. And if we blindly follow these goals that Biden has set out, it will cause pain and suffering for the middle class. And I yield back, Mr. Chairman. All right. So real quick uh, background on that clip. So you got the Secretary of Transportation, Mayor Pete Buttigieg, that doesn't know his elbow from his asshole when it comes to... oh. Oh, <laughs> what, oh, pun intended, <laughs> pun intended. Sure he doesn't know his asshole. Be real careful here. Uh, pun intended. <laughs> uh, when it comes to transportation, how he got that job is fucking beyond me because he doesn't have a background in that industry whatsoever. But the guy questioning him is Representative Thomas Massey out of Kentucky. Now, he's a Republican. So a lot of people think, oh, he's an oil-loving Republican. Guess what? Thomas Massey drives a Tesla. Thomas Massey has a farm in Kentucky. Thomas Massey has his entire farm in Kentucky off-grid running off of solar power. Facts. So here's a Republican that is doing what he's going to do on his side of things. This is, why, this is why we're not trying to demonize people that drive Teslas or whatever, but he's looking at this going, your plan on, in mass will not work. It will not work on mass. Total side note between him and Rand Paul, I'm giving Kentucky some serious thought. If except happens. for except for the fact that they house Mitch McConnell, I know, and they keep voting that rooster in. I call him a rooster. I just call it a possibility. Well, he's got. Well, I should call him a turkey neck because he's got that big turkey neck, that double chin. All I know, man, is that everybody's worried. If you're so such a bleeding heart, want everybody on the earth to live forever in 150 fucking years. Guess what's going to happen to your overweight friends when, when shit like that does happen? And they're going to do it intentionally to thin the herd. If you haven't looked at any of the stats about, or any of these stupid-ass stories about you know these estimates, we brought up the Deagle report on here, these estimates about cutting the, the world population by 8 billion people and shit. Like, I mean, if you haven't even taken a glance at that stuff, you're not going to understand any of this. But they're okay with you dying. Oh, yeah. If you don't understand that by now... They're okay with you just going away. You mean nothing nothing to them. That's right. So here's the thing. You know, everybody talks about, oh, we got to get away from fossil fuels and we got to go EV. So here, here's the conundrum that we, that, that we run into, okay? We're either going to extract oil and natural gas and, and, you know, petroleum products out of the earth, coal, that sort of thing, out of the earth. Or what we're going to do is we're going to rape the earth to mine all the minerals, cobalt, Cobalt, molybdenum, lithium. I'd like anybody out there, do a quick Google search of what a lithium scar mine looks like or lithium mine scar. Said that incorrectly. And look at the image of a lithium mine scar and tell me how that's good for the planet and good for the environment. Please tell me. You got oil that's a constantly renewable source of energy within the earth. Okay. How it's made, I have no fucking idea but it's a constant renewable source of energy within the earth. And should technology evolve so that we can burn oil and gasoline to make it cleaner? Absolutely. Why not? Okay. Should we look at alternative sources of energy? Maybe, you know, nuclear power. I know that has a bad connotation because of nuclear bombs and whatnot, but think about all the nuclear powered military equipment that's out there. Aircraft carriers, submarines, destroyers, those are all nuclear powered. You know what I mean? There are so many different ways. If this was really an existential threat that they want to claim it to be, why are we not looking and expanding all sources of energy and making all sources of energy more affordable, more attainable, and more open to the public rather than consolidating only down to electric? These electric cars require a massive, massive amount of, I'm drawing a blank. Lithium. Well, for lithium for the batteries, but all these other minerals that I just mentioned, 
Okay, you have to mine for these minerals. They just don't fucking appear on the surface of the earth. You got to dig down and mine for these minerals. And you know where the majority of these minerals are mined? Africa. So it's okay to destroy the continent of Africa, but nowhere else. That's the hypocrisy of what we're dealing with here. Lobbyists. Right. That's why. That was the answer to your question. You asked why, and that, that's it. that is it. That's it. Well, lobbyists and control. Money. You know, it just is what it is. So you want that electric car supercut? Yeah, that's an interesting one. Let's go with that. Future of transportation is electric. Gas prices have hit a new record high in America and expected to keep rising. We need to make sure that it becomes relatively more attractive to have an electric vehicle instead of a gas. So you vehicle. want gas prices to go up and oil prices to you go up. You need it to reflect to the true cost of carbon. Number one, no more subsidies for fossil fuel industry. No more drilling on federal lands. No more drilling, including offshore. No ability for the oil industry to continue to drill, period. Ends. Record high gas prices. The national average now at $4.29 a gallon, a 60 cent hike in just one week. The president is really focused on making sure that people are not hurt at the pump. Several around L.A. that are more than six bucks a gallon. If you drive an electric car, this would not be affecting you, clearly. There's no sound or fuel. How many barrels of oil does the U.S. consume per day? I don't have that number in front of me. So how do I know it's actually working? What is the grand home plan to increase oil production in America? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> that is hilarious. Perhaps if you let the market work in this respect, people will feel pain. They'll take a second look at that Ford F-450 gigantoid truck. They'll reconsider a Tesla. I'm willing to pay $4 a gallon. Hell, I'll pay $15 a gallon because I drive a Tesla. I have a Chevy Bolt. That is my car. I lease a Bolt. And I lease solar panels, so I drive on sunshine, girl. Record-breaking prices at the pump nationwide. One of my favorite topics, electric school buses. Electric school buses that have big batteries underneath it. Yes, we are very excited about electric school buses. Yeah, some prices are as high as seven a gallon. You usually can smell it and, and you can hear it. You can hear the guzzling sound. People from rural to suburban to urban communities can all benefit from the gas savings of driving an EV. Kamala Harris said you could hear the guzzling sounds. I'm not sure she was talking about cars. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know. I it, these people are so corrupt. It just I it just baffles me. It just, I mean, it just baffles me that I I just can't be that person. Well, let's I can't be that person where I'm looking at just good-hearted people that think you're telling them the truth and just continue to just spew lie after lie after lie after lie and you hide behind you know your skin color and your your gender and shit and you know let's it is what it is right, right? so these politicians couldn't solve a virus emergency as a as a whole nate worldwide right so a micro fucking organism that infects people and gives gives them covid gives them a glorified head cold politicians could not solve that problem. And I wouldn't expect them to because they're politicians. They're fucking worthless. These people are clowns. But yet we're going to think that they're smart enough to solve a climate change crisis if one existed on the scale they're talking about simply by going electric vehicle. Does that like, can, can nobody fucking make sense of that? Here's a couple of questions I have for you. What are they going to do when the batteries in all these EVs have to be replaced? What's the cost to the owner of the vehicle to replace all the batteries? I don't even want to know. I don't want to know. Where are they going to get the new batteries? Well, they're going to know that these car dealerships are going to be like, buy this plan for an extra 10 grand and you can get your first battery changed for free. Batteries. The whole thing is fucking right. batteries. Oh, you know what I mean, though? Yeah. Okay. And so, let's not even get into the part about himself combusting. Well, I'm going to bring that up in a minute. What are you going to do with the batteries that have to be replaced? Can they be recycled? Do we even know that yet? Here's why I say, can they be recycled? We don't know if they can. Did you know that, that uh, the wind turbine blades, you know, those massive fucking wind turbine blades, when those things wear out, they cannot recycle those? There's, they bury them. There's fields of these things buried in the ground because that's earth-friendly. That's earth friendly. Let's dig up the ground. Let's dig all these trenches and let's bury all these fucking wind turbine blades. Is that what they're going to do with all the batteries? Then you get in a wreck in your, in your electric vehicle. 
your Tesla, your Rivian, whatever fucking vehicle you have, and the battery combusts, explodes. How long, how much water does it take to put out an EV fire? I don't think you can put an EV fire out with water. I think it has to be foam. And But, but even the foam, it takes forever yeah. to put these fucking things out. So tell me how that's safe. You know that uh, container ship that combusted in the Atlantic coming over from, I think it was coming over, it was a container ship full of Volkswagens, but they had Volkswagen, Audis, and some Porsches on this container ship. And there were some EVs on it. They caught on fire in the middle of the ocean. You know what they did? Because in the middle of the ocean, they just let the fucking thing burn out. They had to let it burn out because they couldn't get the fire out. The, the condo complex that collapsed in Florida that there was a fire simmering under the rubble for, what, over a week? Do you know why? You know why that fire was simmering? Because of the fucking EVs smoldering under the condo complex in the parking garage that collapsed. They couldn't get the fire out. Because they couldn't get the fire out and those fires and those batteries were just smoldering, they couldn't go in with the rescue efforts to save anybody that was in there. Okay. Unintended consequences. These, you hit the nail on the head. These are unintended consequences that people just want to ignore and say, oh, well, it makes me feel good to drive an electric vehicle. Fine. If it makes you fucking feel good, great. But don't think that that's your fucking be all end all. That's not your solution. Well, and like I said, most people don't do enough good shit for other people. And so they try to make up for it with status bullshit. That's right. That's right. But hey, you know what? The credit card companies now are going to get on board with this. They're going to give you... Rather than having a credit card limit, you're going to have a carbon limit. Barclays Bank last year teamed up with MasterCard to develop a credit card that has no credit limit, but it's got a monthly carbon limit. So what that means is if you buy too many hamburgers in a month, well, your hamburger, each hamburger has a carbon credit amount, right? So if you buy too many hamburgers, your card might be declined because you went over your allotted carbon credits per the, for the month. Talk about fucking control. I almost want to get one while we, before we're forced to, just to see how many of like our hamburgers I could get. Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> how like, many steaks? Yeah, something. Like, cause I, I bet you for or gas. Or how many gallons of gas you could buy? I bet you that's more of what it is. I think, I bet you it's more centered towards the gas and then it'll cut it off and you'd be standing your ass. And I've been at this total side note. I hate Safeway fuel. I love Safeway. You know, I try to support, but- Dude, their fuel cuts, it, when I had the diesels and stuff, it would cut me off at, you know, a certain point every time. At 75 bucks or something like that, it was like, it would cut you off. Right. And it just drove me insane. But this is the same thing. You wouldn't know if the Safeway cut you off or if, you know, this credit card company, like, cut you off. Right. Well, play, play that commercial real quick. You can help combat climate change with Aspiration Zero, the credit card that rewards you for going carbon neutral. For a limited time, get a $300 bonus when you open an account and spend $3,000 in the first 90 days. Terms and conditions apply. Visit Aspiration.com slash credit for more information. The Aspiration Zero MasterCard is issued by Beneficial State Bank, member FDIC, pursuant to license by MasterCard International Incorporated. There you go. Help your uh, ESG score. Go get your climate, your carbon, your carbon credit card limit. We still got a lot of clips. We got to get cracking. No, we're good there. Uh, so the next clip uh, is, the, I, I put this in here. So for anybody my age or older, you might remember an old TV show called Mork and Mindy. It's where Robin Williams got his start, right? So Mork and Mindy, uh, the, it's predicated on an alien, which is Mork, which is Robin Williams. He come, crashes into Earth, and he's living with Mindy. And they live in Boulder, Colorado, of all things. It's based in Boulder, ironically enough. But Mork and Mindy aired, I want to say, late 70s, early 80s. Okay, so a long fucking time ago, 40 plus years ago. Play that clip. Nothing serious. It's just the world as we know it is coming to an end. That's yeah, about time. <laughs> the uh, world is coming the to an end. The world as we know it. The world as we know it is coming to an end. Right, you see, I, I went downtown to buy a book, The Life and Hard Times of Princess Rainier of Monaco, and there, plaster of every magazine and newspaper was Energy Crisis. Don't panic. Don't panic. Remain calm. <laughs> Energy crisis. Big deal. Big deal. It is a big deal, Mr. Smarty Pants Republican. Unless we find an alternative source of energy for oil, we have to conserve. And that's why I was out making darn sure we conserve. Oh, Mark, what were you doing? Well, I shut out all the streetlights in downtown Boulder. <laughs> I all the traffic lights, too. I'm going to kind of miss them, though. Red, yellow, green, such festive colors. They were so pretty. People used to stop their cars and watch them change. Mark, relax, okay? Relax? 
Relax, how can I relax? Many, there's a world beyond. I love Lucy. Don't you understand? We're running out of fossil fuels. There are any more dinosaurs dying and dinosaurs still in residuals. Don't you understand? It's a whole different world. And pretty soon, a hundred years from now, they'll be drilling into cemeteries looking for oil. I'd like us to can see the advertising slogans now. Put a relative in your tank and then have testimonials. Hey, I got 20 miles to the gallon using my Aunt Tess. <laughs> Mark, there is an energy crisis, and in 50 or 60 years, we probably won't have any more oil. But a lot of people believe that the oil companies are just using scare tactics so they can hike the prices. Somebody's getting very rich at our expense. I don't understand. Why would someone else want to get rich at someone else's expense? <laughs> Let me put it to you this way. Some of us believe the people who own the oil are shaking down the rest of the world. Oh, so that's why they call shakes for the booty. <laughs> As long as the oil companies keep backing the politicians, well... <laughs> so what's so funny about that? Nothing. <laughs> You guys get the point. I wanted to play that just so that everybody understands this is not something new. This play has been trying to, they've been trying to run this play for the last 40 plus years, 50, honestly, 50, 60 plus years. And at some point people got to just stand up and say, you know what? Enough's enough. Like if I want to buy an EV, I'll buy an EV. If I don't, I don't. But to try to force it and to try to, to make this dramatic switch over all of a sudden is not financially responsible. It is not. It's going to cost far too much. It's going to cost far too much pain. And the sad thing is your, your, your lower income population is going to, going to feel it the worst, as we've seen with gas prices getting as high as they were. And that's not by accident. Gas prices getting up into the level that they have gotten is not by accident. That is on purpose. And we have a clip to, to, that, I'll, that I'll talk about here a little bit as to why that's on purpose. But the idea is to make what they call fossil fuels to make oil so damn expensive that people say, fuck it, I'm out, just just give me the EV. And then you got stupid ass like Pete Buttigieg that says, you know, if you can't afford $5 a gallon gas, go buy an electric vehicle. Yeah, because if you can't afford $5 a gallon gasoline, how the fuck are you going to afford a $50,000, $60,000, $80,000 electric vehicle? And I'm being nice on those prices on those EVs. If you want a Tesla, you're going to be up in the six figures. Tell me the main issue... I'm tying these two topics together. Tell me the main issue with the emergency use authorization of the vaccines. What 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 does it take out? Takes out the clinical trials. Liability. Takes out the clinical trials and the liability. The liability. Okay. So hypothetically, we were talking a little bit ago, and this, this just kind of came to me. They want to say that this is a climate emergency like the who's doing right now. With monkeypox. Okay. So anything, any directives that come out of that, I don't know this, so that's kind of why I'm bringing it up, but it's my thought, and I'm sure that it is. Who's going to be liable for the actions that they take and the ways that it affects people and the suicide rates that end up going up and the lockdowns that you you're, you've predicted? And do you see what I'm saying? Like nobody will be responsible for this, and that's what people need to understand. Like there's going to, there's going to be free reign, and they're going to be able to do whatever the hell they want without regard for anything. Right. Well, just like what happened with COVID. Tell me, tell me. And maybe that's why the emergency use authorizations for the vaccines have gotten continued. They just want to run two emergencies like this so they can have just overall fucking They're control. Zero accountability. Zero accountability. That's what's going on. Absolute fucking zero accountability on not only COVID, but on this, this made-up climate crisis thing. Okay. And I, again, I just want to reiterate, I don't want people to think that I'm this, some climate denier that says, oh, climate's not changing. Climate's always changing. It's ever evolving. It has been for since the beginning of time, and it will be long after we're gone, right? This whole thing, but to think, but to think of the arrogance it takes for a population to think that we're so powerful in the grand scheme of the fucking universe. Universe is a big place, Right. Our galaxy is a big fucking place. Our solar system is a big fucking place. And our planet is a big place, okay? But to think that we, this little speck of humans, in the grand scheme of things, has so much fucking control that we can control the weather. Seriously? Is that what we're saying now? In all honesty, natural disasters are going to happen. Shit is going to happen. That's why they call it Mother Nature. She's a bitch when she wants to be. It is what it is. Okay? But to think, you switching over to an EV that's running off lithium and cobalt, cobalt and whatever other mineral goes into those batteries is going to save the planet might make you feel good. You know what else makes you feel good? Rocking in a fucking rocking chair. Gives you something to do. Doesn't get you anywhere. Doesn't solve any problems. 
right? All right. Now, let's continue down the uh, hypocrisy that is our politicians. So the next one here is Mr. John Kerry. How many of you guys remember John Kerry? John Kerry lost to who? George W. Bush. He's been a climate, well, <laughs> isn't it funny? The two climate politicians, Al Gore and John Kerry, they both lost to who? Bush. George W. Bush. Actually, this is it actually made me think about something. Okay, so these two, that was back-to-back elections. Yeah, it was 2000 and 2004. They were, they were trying to get this going back then. Absolutely, they were. I think that, yeah. I, mean, it just, I just connected the dots, right? Because I don't always think about all the dates and shit when shit happens. Yeah. Like, I mean, when, I, when they come to me. But when you take a step back and you look at it, now nah, I don't know about Bush. I would, I would not put it past it that Bush had, was tied in with some of these folks, too. I don't know. Bush is a globalist, too, man. I don't know. But what I'm saying is they were the crazy like climate people. So this, that would have got this whole agenda 30 shit type shit kicked off. Absolutely. It riddle me this, right? So I know you and I know this answer, but every one of the dates in all of these speeches and all these politicians talk about magically is 2030. Every time. It's almost like it's because there's an agenda 2030. Almost as if there's a plan. No, that's conspiracy. Sorry. In five years, scientists predict we will have the first ice-free Arctic summer. That exposes more ocean to sunlight. Ocean is dark. It consumes more of the heat from the sunlight, which then accelerates the rate of, of, the, of the melting and warming rather than the ice sheet and the snow that used to reflect it back up into the atmosphere. Okay, so that's... So I don't know the date on that. I was looking for the date. That's when John Kerry was a senator. Okay. So that had to be, jeez, I don't know. Pre 2000. Uh, no. So he was a senator. So I'd say, because uh, he, let's see, during Obama, he got bumped up to the State Department, I believe, for a, a brief time. So that had to be pre 2008, somewhere around there. Okay. 2008. So in the 70s, they were talking about global cooling and the Arctic ice caps were going to grow and we'd all be in nuclear winter. 30 years later, magically, magically within 30 years, ice caps are going to melt. We're all going to be underwater. Okay. That's fucking nonsense. It's utter nonsense when you factor in the age of the earth and how long it takes for weather and mountains and different shit to evolve. Right. It takes centuries upon centuries upon centuries for this shit to happen. The earth was at its hottest point in time during the time of the dinosaurs. The millions of years the dinosaurs roamed the earth. Okay? And that brings up another thing. All these Johnny Do Good motherfuckers. What do you like? <laughs> I brought this up before, man. Who's who is to say that we don't get hit by an asteroid? You know, so I've, how many times has that happened? Well, that's it's happened quite a well, few well, times. Well, that's what they say caused the Gulf of Mexico, and that's what made the dinosaurs extinct was the asteroid hitting the earth. And that's speculation, up, but... And I brought it up on a previous episode, but it was... I mean, we had one not too long ago within the last two years that I remember it was like within 200,000 miles of Earth or something, and it was an Earth killer. Mm -hmm. Like, you have to be realistic. You have to be realistic and understand that this shit happens, like you said, okay? I mean, we have zero control... What are we going to, the next thing, next thing that we want to, we want to print $19 trillion for is we're going to go put a big fucking net. We're going to put a big net all the way around the earth and make sure it's outside the ozone layer. So that way it doesn't burn up in the ozone layer. And that way, if we have any asteroids coming towards us, it'll stop them. Yeah. Like a fucking soccer net. Like, think about it, dude. <laughs> like this, that, that's what like, we're trying to, I mean, we're trying to bail water in a boat with a red solo cup. You know what I'm saying? If that, I mean, by how they talk about this, mm -hmm. you and I should not be sitting here having this conversation. Right. We should be dead or underwater. Right. Well, this same guy, well, before I go on that, so John Kerry has been throwing the climate emergency shit out for a while. Go to the next clip for John Kerry. I think I got gore. I don't know where your other. Uh, there was another one is. that said John Kerry hypocrite. I don't have that one. Okay. It doesn't matter. The fact of the matter is, so John Kerry was appointed by the Biden administration to basically be the, I don't know what you want to call him, like the, the climate change czar, if you will, 
or some shit like that, right? He's, he doesn't have a cabinet position. He's the special envoy for climate change for the Biden administration to where he is actually a board member of the World Economic Forum. Did you know that? Did you also know that Al Gore is on the board of the World Economic Forum? Funny how that happens. I got it here for you. Here you go. The nation's climate czar, yeah, we have one, John Kerry, called out for being an energy hypocrite. Federal data now showing Kerry's massive carbon footprint because his family's gas-guzzling private jet has racked up 48 trips since President Biden was sworn in. John Kerry's family ride has put out more than 300 metric tons of carbon dioxide. I looked it up at the EPA website. That is equivalent to driving 747,000 miles in a gas-fueled vehicle. One more point of hypocrisy. Right now, the White House is pushing massive spending to kill fossil fuels, making gas scarce. You see the hypocrisy with this guy? And when he gets pressed on it, he gets all nasty with the, the reporter that questions him on it and says, well, how else do you expect me to get to all these meetings that I, all these important meetings that I have to go to? I'm an important, he was actually on video saying, I'm an important man. I got to take these private jets. Okay. So rules for thee and not for me is basically what he says. Right. And that's what we're trying to get across to everybody is understand the fucking game they're playing. It's rules for thee and not for me. That's all they're trying to do here. More control. More control and saying, hey, hey, you peasants, because that's what they think all of us are, is peasants, okay? Hey, you peasants, sit in your fucking house, eat your bugs, drive your EV if we let you, and be happy. And we're going to go do what we want to do on our, our private jets and, you know, eat our steak dinners and all this shit while you eat fucking crickets. I'm emotionally exhausted with these people, man. Yep. And it's people on both sides of the aisle, and I'm so sick of it. I'm yeah. just tired of it. And uh, the only one thing I would do want to say, so I don't forget before we get to the end here, you got some local elections and state elections coming up. We need to get out and you need to educate yourselves on the people that are even these rhinos, man, that, uh, you know, that they're all for this great reset shit and all this other, you know, agenda 2030 stuff. Like you got to do some research and you got to look at this stuff because that's going to be the only way that we change it. And that's, we're one of the only countries that can, that's right. If not the only. We're the only one. Because the thing is, and I've said this before, we're the linchpin. If the United States falls victim to all this shit, every other country falls right in line. We are the last hope for all the other civilized countries out there. We're the last hope. You think Canadians want to be going down this road? They're looking at us going, stop it. You guys have to stop it. You think uh, the English want, you know, people in the UK want this? They're looking at us saying, you got to stop it. It's up to us. You know, and I said a minute ago, we don't need to play any more clips. I'm just going to go off here for a sec because we're running kind of long. I do here. want to play that. You, I want. I want to play that Gore clip because it pissed me off. Okay, let's. Get I want to, to show his ignorance. Let's dude. get to that one here in a moment. Okay, because Al Gore is totally fucking ignorant. I just think he's an ignorant, ignorant asshole. Right. Biden ran on the fact that he was going to, in his words, bankrupt the oil and gas industry. When I said earlier that the gas prices was not by accident, it was not by accident. The first thing he did in office, the first day, what did he do? Shut down the Keystone Pipeline. Who We've talked about this before. Who did that benefit directly? The Burlington Northern Railroad. Because by closing the Keystone Pipeline, which was the transport from oil from north to south in the United States, what that did was all that oil had to get put onto train cars. The Biden, One of the Biden administration's biggest donors during the campaign was Warren Buffett. Just so happens Warren Buffett owns the Burlington Northern Railroad. These are facts. Who did, who did benefit to shut down the Keystone Pipeline? Warren Buffett. Okay? The fact, fact of the matter is, well, Biden basically eliminated all uh, leases or is, or is banning the exploration of oil and natural gas on the U.S. soil. Uh, by doing this climate emergency, he's going to ban the exportation of oil and natural gas. So we can't drill for it. We can't export it. We can't make money on it. But we're going to go beg other countries for just a little bit of it to keep us going until we can go completely, quote unquote, green with fucking wind farts and pixie dust, right? The high gas prices is a direct result of him eliminating the exploration of oil and gas, going to the banks with their fucking ESG metrics, telling the banks you can't lend money to oil and gas companies because it'll affect your uh, environmental social governance score, which then prohibits them from getting money. This is all this shit boils down to. This is a systematic destruction of our current source of energy. 
It's that simple. So when people say, well, the president can't control gas prices in a normal environment, you're right. They can't, he can't. But in this case, he can't. Riddle me this. If he's so, if he wants to, you know, be so pro-America, why is he selling our strategic oil, oil reserves, millions of barrels of oil to other countries? China. China being one of them. That strategic oil reserve is in the event of wartime, we can continue to operate as a country. There's no, like that, that's a problem. So we're not drilling for it here. We're not producing it here. And we're going to sell what we have all in the name of a climate crisis. And then you got this fucking Al Gore making dumbass comparisons. You know, the climate deniers uh, uh, are really in some ways similar to all of those uh, almost 400 law enforcement officers in Uvalde, Texas, who were waiting outside an unlocked door uh, while the children were being massacred. They heard the screams. They heard the gunshots and uh, nobody stepped forward. And God bless those families who've suffered so much. And law enforcement officials tell us that's not typical of what uh, law enforcement usually does. And confronted with this global emergency, what we're doing with our inaction and failing to walk through the door and stop the killing uh, is not typical of what we are capable of as human beings. We do have the solutions, and I think these extreme events that are getting steadily worse and more severe are really beginning to change minds. We have to have uh, unity as a nation to come together and stop making this a political football. It shouldn't be a partisan issue. Shouldn't be a partisan issue, but yet you just compared people like you and me, Dustin, to the 400 police officers in Uvalde that failed to go into the school and save those kids. But hey, let's not make it a political issue. Even though I just fucking made it a political issue, you goddamn hypocrite. I don't know any other way to say it. Um, we should not be taking advice from these clowns that have been in politics their entire adult life. If you haven't created a business, if you haven't employed people, if you haven't solved people's problems on a ground level, and yet you just made hundreds of millions of dollars off lobbyists and special interest groups and all this shit when you were in the government, don't talk to me about anything because you bring no value to my table. None of these politicians, left or right, bring any value when you start talking about shit like this because everything is an emergency. Everything's a crisis. They're the boy that cried wolf. The sad thing is when an emergency or a crisis does come, how many people are going to actually believe them? And with that, everybody, please share the show. We love the support from all of our loyal listeners, but we need more. So please share the show on whatever outlet you're on, social media, uh, you know, Spotify, Apple uh, Podcasts, whatever it is. Give us a review. Give us a rating. And with that, everybody. Actually, I have one thing. I'm sorry. But I did sign up for an ultra marathon out there. This is going to be released in time. So um, this is getting recorded on um, July 28th here. I have a... Ultra marathon I'm doing next week, Brett, and I'm taking uh, sponsorships for uh, like a dollar per mile, like a per mile uh, sponsorship. And all of those proceeds that I can do are going to go to the hero company who purchases dogs for um, vets that are having problems with PTSD and try to help them, you know, get through that rough time. So any of our loyal listeners out there that maybe don't follow us on social media or anything, you can reach out to me, send me a message if you're willing to do that. What I'm going to decided what I'm going to do is I'm going to run the miles and then I'm going to send everybody that said they would sponsor me. I'm going to send you a link directly to the donation tab through the hero company. That way you you're the one that gets the tax benefit on your taxes, whatever it ends up being. So sweet. You know, I'd hope that um, everybody out there will sponsor me and uh, hit me up, but that's it. Absolutely. All right, man. Well, yeah, please uh, sponsor Dustin in that endeavor. And with that, everybody stay dangerous. See you.